see it. I see it. Every day on social media, hobby headlines, content creators, all they seem to want to talk about is the negative stuff. This item is fake. This item was shilled. This new hobby company is going under, and that's great for the hobby. Fanatics taking over, that's horrible for the hobby. This guy's a bad actor, a bad representation for the community, and on and on and on. And as a result of a lot of this kind of stuff being what people see in the headlines and hobby news and communities being talked about, I've seen a lot of people leave social media, leave these communities, but more importantly, leave the hobby. But today, we're going to talk about why it doesn't have to be like that. What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out on social platforms at Zan Morning. Today's topic is very important as it pertains to you, the hobby participant, the collector, the dealer, the store owner, the content creator. This episode is all about you and how you can still experience all the fun and the opportunities that the hobby has to offer without letting that loud majority run it for you. You don't have to listen to them. You control your own actions. But before we get into this deep conversation, just a reminder of how you can help show your support for this show and any other content that I put out. Please subscribe. Hey, it's free. It's the easiest thing you can do. And leave me a review when you have time. Leave me that five-star review that helps more people find this podcast. Make sure to tell a friend, share it on social media. And don't forget to check out the links to my YouTube channel, eBay, the social platforms, Patreon, and much more. So let's start off by taking it back to when you got in the hobby. Maybe that was during the pandemic boom for a lot of people. And maybe that was because you saw the market really taking off. It was hot. There was money-making opportunity. You got to get in. Nothing wrong with that. But I think for many of us, we have to go way back, and that's to our childhood. And we really, we started collecting anything in general. Whether it was rocks, stamps, sports cards, toys, you name it. The lifestyle of collecting things is, I think, why we really started going down this hobby journey in the first place. And why? Because it's fun. People still, to this day, when I talk about cards to the people who aren't in the hobby, they don't understand why people would collect toys or why they would collect pieces of cardboard and, in fact, why they would spend that much money on those things to begin with. But they just don't understand how fun it is to build collections of things, trying to curate the best things for you, trying to see how big, how awesome or valuable those collections can get. And my question to kind of the mainstream is, what happened to that? While there are many people still operating like that in the hobby today, let's talk about some reasons why some people aren't thinking like that anymore and why they aren't having fun like they used to have and maybe why they've just kind of left the hobby in general or are potentially thinking about leaving. Let's start with the hobby presentation. And what I mean is how the hobby of collecting is presented to the mainstream. It's always led with money. What is this item sold for? What is this item worth? What's the comps? What's the market? And so on. I mean, if I take a card, like a Wrestling All-Star signed card, and I show it to somebody who is not a collector, the first thing they ask is, well, what's that worth? Or how much did you buy that for? Not, well, tell me the story behind this wrestler. How'd you get that autograph? What's the, what's the story about the set, etc." Now, don't get me wrong. The value of what we collect is important, and it definitely has its place. I'm a firm believer we need the flippers, the dealers, the business owners who rely on these transactions to make a living to continue what they do. And in fact, the person who doesn't sell a lot but does sell some stuff to then upgrade their collection, that's how I've got the collection that I have today. Again, firm believer in that aspect of value. All of that in value and money, all that talk has a spot in the ecosystem of the hobby. There are even some people in the hobby who have been able to make some big life changes with the money that they've acquired from a sell of a major card. Prime example, my partner in crime on the Worlds Collide podcast. Hey, don't forget to check out that podcast also. Links in the show notes. Tony Vela. As many of you know, Tony runs WrestlingTradingCards.com and has been a lifelong collector. 
During the pandemic boom of the hobby, he was able to turn a card that was kind of buried in his collection into seed money to open the Wrestling Guy store Phoenix. Check that store out too. But that being said, he might not have ever had that opportunity with that card if he hadn't been a collector first and foremost from the start. See, most of the people that have sold a collectible for some big-time cash, or at least an amount that could enrich their life in some way, most likely didn't come from a transaction on a flip. It came from years before when they bought something because they liked the item, they wanted it for their collection, or maybe it was just a good deal. This also coincides with having that collector mindset and not wanting to part with items because, again, it's part of their collection. Now, I've talked about that question before, if being a card hoarder is actually good or bad for markets, based on availability and the interest in collectors changing when maybe items they want are out of sight, out of their mind, and they move on to something else. But again, that's another conversation for another day. Sometimes with these collectibles, though, along comes an opportunity when the person just needs to cash out on that item. And there you have it. So while the money is always the headline and the driving force for the hobby, I wish that would just change a little bit. I know it probably won't because that's been the narrative for ages now, but I can wish, right? Now, I'm not saying we need to be this collector elitist. There's a lot of that out there, too, where these people are like, I'm a collector, hear me roar, I don't sell cards. And they, they want praise for that, like the flippers want praise for, hey, look at this, I'm flipping this for this. I'm posing in front of this airplane, I'm posing in front of this car, all because of cards I flipped. I think you can go to the extreme one end or the other. There is a happy medium. Overall, I wish that people could see that there is a money-making opportunity within the hobby, be aware of it, but not put 100% of their energy behind that aspect. And instead, start enjoying what they have to collect. And you may be saying, Zan, there's people that have been doing this for years. You just don't know what you're talking about. You're living in this hobby bubble of what the talking heads talk about. But that being said, my next two talking points are what I think kind of have crept into that mainstream hobby and possibly altered the experience for a lot of people seeing it. Social media. Social media has become the go-to online place for the hobby. It's fun to get involved with other like-minded collectors to talk about collecting whatever it is. Talking about the different ways you can collect, the different ways of viewing or approaching your collecting journey. Getting involved in group chats, surrounding yourself with other aspects of the hobby. I honestly think that the hobby may not be where it is now if it wasn't for people getting involved with social media. I've talked about it before, how there doesn't really seem to be anybody close to me personally that collects. Friends and family members, they don't want to hear about my collection, and if I do start talking about it, I can tell pretty much instantly they don't care. So I turn to social media for that aspect of community, and it has been a total blast. There are collecting communities out there for everyone. It's truly amazing. But let's talk about the negative aspect of social media and its influence on the hobby. There are many different avenues you could talk about here. The pump and dump sector, the influencers, the crowd that doesn't want you to talk negative about things or call out companies, or maybe they do want to call out the companies. And then, of course, you have the hobby god gatekeepers that think they know it all and on and on and on. And don't get me wrong, we do need people called out or companies called out from time to time. I'm not one of those people that says, oh, the hobby always has to be positive, rainbows and sunshine and flowers. No, certain things need to be called out and controversy can come up and sometimes those things need to be discussed. But when accounts make it their identity, to be just based on this kind of stuff, I'm personally not interested in consuming any of that content. Not to mention that on social media, you get the back and forth between people arguing over, is this a rookie card? Was this shield? Was this fake? Blah, blah, blah. It gets ugly really quick. These things could be approached more as a discussion and less of a who is right or wrong. But I guess that's just life, right? It's kind of where we are. So new people coming in or people that have been collecting for years and all of a sudden they decide to get on social media and start posting their collections and talk with other like-minded collectors, 
They have to wade through this crap when they aren't really wanting to deal with any of it. I guess they just have to leave social media, right? Well, more on that later on this episode, but next, let's talk about hobby content. Many shows and channels have kind of dropped off the face of the earth for one reason or another, but there are still some that are sticking around that people love. The types of content range from cringy investment types to groups of people in their basements talking about 1990 Don Russ baseball and error cards. Other people are talking about deep dives into collections and thought processes that go into curating collections and everything else in between. Similar to social media, there's something out there for everybody. You just have to find it. Or better yet, if there's something out there that you're wanting to hear or watch and it's not out there, create it yourself. Take the plunge. That's what I did. I've consumed countless hours of a variety of hobby content since 2018 or so. Some I'm still listening to while others have either dropped off or I just found them not as desirable to consume anymore. And as a response to that, you may be thinking, well, Zan, you just don't listen or watch any of these podcasts or channels anymore because you now are a content creator and you think you're above everyone else and your content is the best. I can tell you that's far from the case. What it boils down to is that my likes, wants, and tastes within the hobby are changed and they're constantly evolving. So now we've come to the part of the show that's going to wrap all of this together and hopefully serve you, the listener, the hobby participant, better. At the end of the day, you define your own hobby experience. And once again, you may be asking, what does all this stuff you've talked about today have to do with a person defining their own hobby experience? Let's break that down. Taking it back to the focus on the hobby being from a money perspective, I've seen it talked about from hobby participants that feel like they just don't belong. They feel like they cannot post their cards, their collections, because they fear they won't be respected or they won't get the likes because their collection doesn't consist of thousands of dollars worth of cards, or maybe they want to get involved with communities, but are sick of seeing all the money talk being the driving factor. Well, unfortunately, I don't ever see that changing like I said before. Even back when I was a kid, and you know I was at school trading cards for those Shaq and Rodman cards, we were always referencing Beckett magazines for the prices. But that being said, the focus was always more on the cards back then, and not so much the price, like what we could sell them for. The Becketts were just more of a trade value guide for us, so we didn't feel like anybody was getting ripped off. So, guess what? If you don't like that talk, find the niche or the collecting groups that you do like that don't talk about that stuff. Or just, again, block out the noise, do what you do. Now let's talk about social media again. What a cesspool it has become. And some people feel left out or get their feelings hurt really easily on one side or the other. And so they just leave. Or they either just maybe go back to collecting solitary and don't do social media, or maybe they get out of social media and they get out of the hobby. And again, we don't really want that either. Then on the content front, it's kind of the Wild West. I know firsthand how people will turn on your content very quickly if you aren't talking about something that fits their narrative or their agenda that they want you to talk about. Or how they can also get their feelings hurt by something you say, or ultimately maybe certain content just isn't for certain people. And all of these things are perfectly okay. I've gotten several negative comments about you name it that I've talked about on this podcast or any of my YouTube channels. It doesn't stop me. The complaints are never going to dictate my happiness or whether I continue on social media or whether I continue on putting out content. In fact, sometimes they're right. Sometimes the negative comments cause me to kind of change a way I think uh, when it comes to collecting or the way I put out content or something I talk about. So I'm all about constructive criticism and you should be too. But again, you can't let these people dictate your fun and how you participate. Remember, you define your own hobby experience. You can't let others affect you and what you do no matter what. You have to keep the focus on the collection and having fun with that in whatever way you are. Again, you don't like the constant talk of money and value because 
you don't see yourself ever getting to that level of those hobby headline collectors, just ignore it. Focus on what you do enjoy and what you can achieve. Or maybe set some lofty goals to get bigger and better cards. Focus on those goals. Don't focus on those people. Back to social media, people, again, you got to realize keyboard warriors online, they criticize, they have zero effect on your daily personal life. While comments and statements can be crude or get out of hand very quickly, you've got to have thick skin and just let it go. Many times these people that are doing these things on social media have some serious personal or mental issues that are then overflowing into their hobby space. And don't forget, you don't have to leave these communities and these groups that you're a part of because there's a really awesome feature on most social platforms that you can use called the mute button, the block button, and the unfollow. Surround yourself with like-minded people that will help you out and get rid of the rest. Now, I'm not saying you should be insulated with hobby bubble sectors. You should be aware of other things that can, you know, maybe change your mind. Like I said earlier, sometimes people call me out on something I said that was wrong, a way that I'm putting out content that isn't necessarily the best to be viewed. So I maybe make a change on that. Or if I think they're just being a jerk, I just say, nah, forget them. And the same goes for content. Why I always challenge myself and others to kind of check out that content that's outside that hobby bubble, or maybe it's just outside of the wrestling cards in this instance, and you're watching a baseball card podcast or basketball or hockey or whatever. Sometimes certain types of content may actually benefit you, and then other times maybe it's just run its course, and that's okay. Just move on from what doesn't work for you anymore and lean into the content that does work for you, or again, double down on that and start your own content. Keep searching for more content that does work for you. And that doesn't mean you have to badmouth the content that you don't really like anymore. Maybe you respect the creator, but maybe what they're talking about is just not for you anymore. And that's okay too. I hope today's episode helped some of you listening. And I want more and more people to enjoy the fun that is the hobby and collecting. What I don't want is people leaving. I don't want people having bad experiences and letting others affect their life. For some of you, it may be easier said than done. And maybe I've just always had thick skin and I've never really cared what anybody thought. Remember, you ultimately control your actions. Other people, especially those online, should never affect your happiness and joy for whatever it is you do in life. Again, just unfollow, mute, block, unsubscribe, etc. The people who either don't bring you value or just consistently bring you down for whatever reason. And then just double down on what you are having fun with, whether that's the collection, the community, the content, whatever it is that is really benefiting you, double down on that. Before you get out of here, please check the links in the show notes for all the other ways you can show your support for my content. Again, YouTube's down there, eBay, Patreon, social media platforms. If this episode brought you some value, hit that subscribe button, leave me a review whenever you get a time, and until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun, and keep defining your own hobby experience. We'll see you.